Everybody, it's me, Brian, here in North Texas, sipping on a Christmas ale. Cause it's that time of the year. It's cold. It's actually legitimately cold here in North Texas. Is it St. Arnold's? No, 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 no. It's Bell's. Uh, Bell's oh, Christmas dang ale. It. Dang it. St. Arnold's Christmas ale is pretty good too. I had it um, a couple weeks ago. It's back I right, had it on right draft after. tonight. It's pretty good. It's very nutmeggy. Yeah. Oh, I'm not making that one. Yeah, there's some there's some Christmas ales out there that I can just you can keep it. That's not one of them. It's yeah. a it's a pretty good that one's a pretty good. Beer. No, yeah. Yeah. And, and I like nutmeg, so I, I enjoyed it. But if you don't like nutmeg, stay away. If there's anything he likes more than nuts, it's Meg. Ain't that mm-hmm. right, Meg? But the combination, nuts, the combination, nuts in Meg. That's the way Frank spent his high school years. So, I, I'm a big fan of this beer, a, a real big fan. It's a Scotch it's ale. Beautiful though. The beer, or never mind. Uh, I, I'm a big, <laughs> I'm a big fan of uh, Scotch ales or uh, Wee Heavies. They're really, really good. They're easy to spice too because they're not too hoppy usually. But like, I always forget like when you have fresh, fresh versions of this beer, it does taste way more bitter and it's way more dry than than the like European examples that we get here. And it's just a, a pleasant experience. I'm thinking about cracking up a barrel-aged scotch beer for my last beer of the night, but I haven't decided. Um, anyway, or a sco- barrel-aged scotch ale. Listen to me throwing around incorrect descriptions. Did <laughs> you say what's, that uh, barrel, barrel-aged scotch beer is a poor hard? No, no, it's very much not a poor hard. Um, it's a it's a scotch ale aged on scotch barrels, actually. Um, oh, yeah. As opposed to a Scotch ale aged on vodka barrels. Villem in Tulsa, how are you doing this evening? You doing all right? <laughs> Good. How are you? I'm doing dandy. Your brother, on the other hand, he's just dinging foul tips left and right. As a matter of fact, he hit the Bat Boy a couple swings back. <laughs> he's been taking little Timmy's been taken off to the hospital. It's a sad, sad state of affairs. Hopefully things are better up in Tulsa, Frank. though. Or something. Do what? Because internet's slow or something. It seems like he's behind quite a bit. <laughs> I don't think it's the internet that's slow. Oh, Ooh, sick bird, oh here go my internet. Dope. <laughs> Good. Uh, <laughs> we are going to mix it up. What are you... Uh, you haven't joined us in a while. How have you been? I uh, cannot complain. Internet. I always complain about the internet. What beer are you drinking? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> He's lost the cadence. What's going on Sorry, here? Really I'm drinking the ball. a very rare... No, okay, here's what happened. I have a very prominent dogfish head beer that you guys are going to be pumped about. And, like, you're talking to me while I'm, like, freaking out about not knowing the name of this beer because I forgot to... <laughs> 
bring the bottle up with me. What style? What what color is what color Sorry, is the, like really bad at multitasking? Is what it comes down to. What what color is the beer? Let's see if we can. Play I got it. it. No, no, no. My wife texts me a picture. No, no. Don't even. You know what? You know what? Don't even. Don't even tell me. We're gonna get to the bottom of this. We're gonna play Dick Detective here. So. What color? Okay, it's, it's color. black. It's black as night. Is it worldwide stout? I think it 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 actually abs- it absorbs so much light that nothing bounces back to your eyes. Was my is it a stout? <laughs> uh yes, yes it is. Okay, oh, this is this is rough, huh? Um <clears throat> is it is it in a bomber? Did it come in like a 750 milliliter bottle? No, it came in a regular size bottle, and it is might be the best beer I've ever tasted in my entire life. Is it worldwide stout? It is. Okay. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, you could have just guessed asked it before me. asking. I guessed it before asking. I what? feel this beer at, my, at the depths of my soul. I, I feel this beer. Is that good? Yeah. It, did That's you finally? Awesome. Did you finally find it's it? Affected me emotionally. Let me just say that. Did you find it in singles? Or did you have to pay forty dollars for a four pack? Yeah. Okay. No. So last time I, you know, I found the four pack, um, and I went to the. This time I went to a different store, not even expecting they'd have it, and they did in singles, ten bucks a pop. I got two. That's a good call. That's what I so do. So I'm gonna, you know, I'm drinking this one tonight. Very good, but I'm drinking it tonight, and then the other one I'm gonna. It says it ages well, so. Mm-hmm. Gonna see how I don't know. Let it age for a little bit, and then I save it until next year when the when the next batch comes out. It's okay. Uh, yeah, I wasn't. I'll do that long. Um, I've got uh, four years of 120 minute IPA. Excuse me, that I've done the exact same way with them. I've got. Oh yeah, yeah. You do do that. Mm-hmm. Got, I actually knew that. I forgot about that. I've got five bottles in my fridge right now. I've got two from 2017. And then everything else, one from each year previously. Man, let me tell you, this beer is like a be- it's like the milkshake of beers. Like it's very heavy and stuff, but it's like so good. What's the ABV on it? Is it eleven? Twelve? They months? don't put it. I, it's I couldn't be find it anywhere. That. It's like it's got the uh, yellow cap on it, right? The little caution cap. Yeah, yeah. So they they use those to denote beers over. I want to say thirteen or fourteen percent. Um, Holy shit! Um, I'll look it up, and we'll have. Uh... He's gonna be lit up tonight. Lit. Yeah, I'm only drinking half. I've split it with my Fucked wife. Fucked up. Um, well, I mean that's that's cool, pussy. Anyway, so let me in here, dogfish head. That that can't be right. It's only seventy IBU. Well, ABV is fifteen to twenty percent, so it depends on the Ooh, year. It's a wine. Well, yeah, it's up there for sure. God. Um, 120 minute IPA ranges in at 18% every year, roughly. So you're God, that's so much. You're in good company, my friend. Welcome to the jungle, motherfucker. I have, (laughs) but guys, I'll just, the last thing I'll say about this beer is that you cannot, like, I can't even taste that this is super high alcohol right now. No, just, because, because, like, usually you get, because there's so much yeah, else like, going on in it. Yeah. that high it starts getting into that like okay i can kind of taste the actual alcohol in there they i don't i have no hints of that in this right now so you know yeah. what that um that that's fusel alcohol which is a different type of 
alcohol that's produced during fermentation. Fusel alcohol does taste like just straight, like burning. Tastes like someone dosed yeah. vodka into a beer, and it's not very pleasant. But you can subdue those with age. So you can either let the beer age out over time, okay. and some of those fusel alcohols will go away. You can barrel age it, and those fusel alcohols will kind of mend or meld with whatever whatever other flavors are going on in there. Or you can just take your time and ferment the beer correctly, which I'm pretty sure is what Dr. Shed <laughs> does. Because they have to yeah. feed, they have to nurse their 120-minute IPA during fermentation. When it comes out of the brew kettle, or the boil kettle, the beer is really only... Like mathematically, it can only be, I think, 12%. But because they add so much sugar during fermentation, that actually ups the ABV 5 6% alcohol during fermentation, which is unheard of for a third of a beer's ABV to come from fermentation sugars. So, but because they do wow. it little bits at a time, I mean, we're talking like sometimes two times in a 24 hour period, they'll dose sugar back to a fermenting batch of beer. It, it it doesn't come off as it doesn't come off as offensive or like you were saying like you can taste the alcohol, so it's impressive. It's like those guys know what they're doing, Villem. You know, I don't know. Have you ever heard of <laughs> yeah, them? For real. Do like they had their own Discovery Channel show that just inexplicably <laughs> got canceled for no reason. Well, it got canceled because they uh, didn't want to fit to Discovery Channel's budget, and Discovery Channel decided to go to a different different realm you know away from educational television to more bs but they do have a new tv show oh right wait they do have a new show out sorry so, online go ahead go ahead go ahead yeah it's uh called like radical brewing or strange brewing or something like that with uh sam calgione and his uh mad scientist uh fermentation expert where's where that coming out on excuse me i keep seeing advertisements on uh, ford on facebook so i'm assuming it's either on their facebook page or through their youtube channel Oh, okay, sweet. Um, so, yeah, if you're if you're a fan of that, because not many people even knew about that Discovery Channel show, uh, you can yeah. go check it out there. It, it's I, I love that Discovery Channel show. As a matter of fact, I have all the episodes mysteriously showed up on my computer um, about three years <laughs> ago. I don't know what happened, but <laughs> if you ever need them, I know a guy. Where did we get that? I don't know. It's just, you know, it just uh, happens to show up. So I think it was on Netflix briefly. Oh, was and it? then... It got it got taken off like right you know right before we finished watching it or something so we actually like bought an episode or two on Prime to like be able to finish the series or it, something like that. Yeah, there were only six episodes yeah, or seven episodes, show. but it was good. It was informative, which was rare for a freaking show at the time. Yeah, um, but I will definitely check. I'd love to ha see another show with that Sam guy. That's awesome. Yeah, Sam is a he's a good dude. It's rare that they're good people who are in the who've made it as big as he has. Yeah. Yeah. So, he's good people. He's got a book out too, um Brewing Up a Business, I believe, with Sam Calgione. Oh, cool. His audiobook, he doesn't do it, but someone who is seems pretty close with Sam does it. Like does the reading for it. Okay. Makes it pretty it's digestible. It's a good read, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I guess we can go back. Hopefully, Frank has taken a few practice cuts in the batter in the in the on deck circle. Frank, are you, uh, are, you <laughs> are you with us, buddy? Yeah. Should we? Is this a good time to introduce everybody to the new No Beer Left Behind venture? Uh, what? Well, what is that? Hold on. Just let everybody take a well, second. No, Just take a second. Pretending like you don't know. So, um, <laughs> launching January, 
2019. We're actually going to be prepping for this the next year. Um, Brewery Rescue uh, is going to be oh on my the Discovery God. Channel between <laughs> the hours of 8 and 9. <laughs> uh, every Monday and Friday. Um, <clears throat> brewing Nightmares. <laughs> yeah. I, well, hold on. We settled on Brewing Rescue. Stop bringing up the ideation phase. Oh yeah. That's, that's, that's season three. We branch off and like an established uh, character from brewery rescue God. branches yeah. off. And you does guys are doing a really bad job of selling. This is like John Lovett on the American, uh, uh, pod save America show here. <laughs> Who's jo- seven, eight discovery channel on Mondays brewery rescue. Um, yeah, it'll be great. Where do we start first, Frank? What brewery do we go to first? <laughs> Tell the people they want to, they need to know. Yeah. Well, it's, it, I mean, if what? I had my choice, huh? What happened? If I had my choice, we'd start up at, uh, Amityville horrors up in uh, New York, trying to save them from their potpourri IPA or stout. What? Um, <laughs> You don't remember it's, that? It's like a no, I dog on brewery. Yeah, I feel like you're. I feel like you got caught up in a yes and, and you could have just said, "We're going to Billy's bar. We're going to rescue their uh, brewery." Well, you know, you know. Okay, listeners, the only reason they're making fun of it is because they're not a part of it. Okay, so, what? How are we? How did we just get cut out of this? and Frank saving breweries on the Discovery Channel. Let me how it works out for you. Frank and Parker try to drink all the beer at the brewery. And Parker's hate session on brewery. Like all the breweries that they just can't stand Parker. and just go and dug on them. Now we might be onto something here because Parker just tried. Tra- you had poop. No, Parker. They look it directly into the camera after they say that joke, and they're like, "The yeah. brewers don't know what to do. They're just standing there." So, no, I think we might be onto something, Willem. <laughs> like, we, up. it's always different names for poop. Is this the part where we add fecal matter? Stop it. Is this the part where your manure taste comes from? No, I and think... they don't know because we're coming in as like. The brew nation coming to look at their brewery, giving the audience a, a view, and then they go, "Okay, let's do a tour." And we're all voluntarily doing the tour, right? All the while, we have cutscenes of us making jokes of this whole tour, right? Like it's sort of like a an editor's cut. And then, as we go along, they get us to the brew kettle or the fermentation room or whatever, and we go, That's "Good technical term." This is the part where you add fecal matter. This is the part where you add technical term. Is this the part where the doo doo comes from? This is... is this the part where, you know, it yeah. tastes like compost? Yeah. This no. is where your heavy methane smell comes from? I mean, there's seven breweries right there, and they'll never know. I think they will after the first episode airs. They're like, oh, these assholes. <laughs> I think you might be onto something, though, Villain. See, what we do is we just, it's, it's the Frank and Parker drinking show. We just film it. Because what we do is we travel with a few things, okay? One of those things is like a, a, a reggae horn that just Frank can randomly hit while he's walking through. And he's like, oh, shit, this is a stainless steel fermentation vessel. <laughs> and then he does some well, face. Well, the breathalyzer is needed because I think there's a correlation there. And then Parker comes in. <laughs> 
Parker travels with a drum set that he just plays all day. Like he gets like you when he gets to drum level, that's when you know it's yeah. Parker time. And then he has like a theme song. He's like, "It's Parker time, everybody! It's Parker time!" Parker time, and he starts playing drums in the middle of a brewery for no reason at all. And meanwhile, these gotta guys, be the djembe though. Gotta be the djembe. Then the, I don't know what the djembe is. Is that a <laughs> is that a drum? I feel like I'm lost. It's a between the legs drum. Vagina bay. <laughs> yes, you've okay. seen him play the djembe. I know, I'm kidding. It's that little box thing that people do. Do it's similar to it. On. Yes, yeah. yeah. So you got one of them. That's fine. That's that's like portable. No, I'm thinking like a full like 30 piece setup. Oh, like, you're I'm like, like a 30. Tommy Lee setup that he brings into the brewery. Yeah. <laughs> it takes and time. it's not going to be at all obvious. No. Play it right in front of the fermentation tank. <laughs> in the middle of the tour. Is the drummer in Rush again? Uh, oh, uh, God. <laughs> yeah, I know you're talking about. Uh, nope. Now I'm just thinking of Black Sabbath people. He's got an insane <laughs> drum <kit. laughs> With a dude from Def Leppard who only has one arm, that guy, playing his ass off. Neil Pert. Neil Neil Pert. There you go. Uh, If Parker's going to be screaming at his phone when he's listening back to this, you idiots, you don't know any drummers, you're so stupid. So, sorry, Parker. (laughs) I know Tommy Lee. (laughs) Nailed it. because he's a drummer. No drum left behind, okay? No drum left behind, NDLB. Which is oh, different from the other indie joke right there. Well, it was good. Um, yeah, so I think you know what, Frank. We we shat upon your original idea, and rightfully so. But I think <laughs> I think Villem and I really saved it, and we're gonna turn this thing yeah. around. We're gonna take over as executive producers. You're gonna get a much much smaller I credit. I just feel as though a vote is needed here for brewery rescue. Um, and whether or not we're going to go with the Frank and Parker Brew Rescue, because you all did not seem at all interested. And I mean, this well, see, is here's a the deal. Here's the deal. It $10 would be... an episode contract. So Ten... I don't understand why you wouldn't be Dozen... all the way bought in. There are dozens of dollars on the line here. I think. Yeah. All, all expenses paid, though. So you get to go to these breweries. It's all expenses. All expenses paid. Episode. I mean, it, co- it covers your cover. All expenses paid by yourself. You get to pay all of your expenses yourself. Yes. yes. It's good. But of course. But of course. Of course. So if and then they reimburse you after we get a million people to watch it, right? It's like the Frost Nixon interview. No, I'm confused. Like, who it ahead of time? It's a great idea. Who is they? <clears throat> Parker and I. So y'all are going to reimburse us? Maybe if we can sell it. <laughs> That's the it's the the theoretical Discovery Channel. What, what we need to do. Unquote. What we need we'll to buy do, it. We need to sink thousands, tens of thousands of dollars into this idea. That's what will make it sell, right? No, ones of dollars. Ones. Fives of dollars will go. Okay, Frank, what are you <laughs> drinking tonight? God. There are 90 breweries in Dallas, at the very least, that this, need to get this, the doo-doo treatment. That's on the Is this where you add ones. the doo-doo flavor? Think about that. Just think you're going to dream about that. Villem, Villem, are you looking Are you looking at my screen right now? Because I have an idea. This is how this goes. Like, uh, uh, yeah, guys. You're not and sharing your screen. No, I know. I'm, I'm about to do the face. I'm about to do the face. You're, this is the cam- you're the camera right now. You're looking through the camera. This is what's going on. So dude's up at the boil kettle, and he's like, we really like to use mosaic hops in our IPA, and it really makes our beer stand out. Parker's hand goes up. Real quick, sir, is this where that doo-doo goes in? And then he looks directly at the camera and 
villain screen has locked up and he's giving me this weird face that's stuck on screen. Is anybody I else here? I see that. I see that. Anybody else But here? I do like that. Okay, it's good. I, I, I like that idea. I just think that you're short-selling the total plan here. I might be right? overselling like, the plan, honestly. This plan no, sounds super... not giving it enough creative. I would say that this Clearwater is a, revival. I would say that this is a simple plan, if you know what I mean. Do you? It's simple. No, simple. I don't. Simple plan is the name of a band. Um, yeah, no, no. I get, I get that. And, we and were... I dropped the Creedence Clearwater revival, so I just pretended like I didn't hear it. Okay, and <laughs> I see. that's just what it is. All right, and so, that is Frank, our relationship tonight, and you will not change it, Frank. I, I apologize, Frank. What are you drinking tonight? Not at all. Well, you'll be happy to know that your two cans on the back represent uh, what I am drinking tonight. I am having the Guinness Extra Stout brewed in Dublin, Ireland. Um, yeah, great. Uh, really, really enjoy this beer. It's one of my favorites, especially this is not brewed in the U.S. This one comes from Dublin. Yeah, it's not. Um, it's not brewed in Canada. Wait. No, no. This one says specifically brewed in Ireland by Guinness at the St. James Gate Brewery, and it does taste different. It is, it is a it, like it's out of the. I buy this often. I don't always get this version of it. What do you mean? Um, you buy it often, but not this version. The Guinness Extra Stout. I've gotten it not brewed in in Ireland. Yeah. So if you buy it in New York. Massachusetts, basically in New England, it is brewed yeah. in Canada. Oh, okay. But outside this is of, much better. Outside of New England, it is from Ireland. Okay, so that probably speaks to it because I've looked on the back before and had it not be brewed there. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one is brewed there. It tastes a lot better. So if you can find it, definitely uh, suggest doing that. It's not, it's not that old. Um, it looks to be from the date. Uh, yeah. yeah, there's a little date label on the back. I'd say it's from June. It's a. They have date codes on all their products. So, is it have like a letter starting? Yeah, it's got an I, no, an L. Uh, that's from. Well, it depends. Mexican breweries will do uh, they'll do letters equal months of the year without I I is not included oh okay so it would be like November and that's a little tight so I don't think that's what Guinness is doing right now there's probably some other way to read that if I look at the pattern here and this is just like deducing numbers all right let's get into it i like this we'll play the uh the dan brown deciphering the guinness code real quick we'll get to the bottom if of it, it well if i look at the pattern mm-hmm. look through the pattern it's when the pattern makes itself clear son of a bitch what? <laughs> it was brewed uh probably june june that makes uh, sense and and yeah, that's probably so, accurate. Well, I, I like Guinness Extra Stout. Uh, Guinness Foreign Extra Stout is really good as well. It is really really dense. <clears throat> Villain was talking is. about a heavy beer. Foreign Extra it's Stout. It's like a chocolate bar in your mouth. Yeah, Foreign Extra Stout does taste like that's where the doo doo comes out sometimes. 
because mm-hmm. it can be extremely bitter. <laughs> it can be just a big. It's a big beer, but the issue is it's only like seven and a half percent alcohol. So in the big five point six. Well, that's for Guinness Guinness Extra Foreign Extra. Oh, okay. It gets up there. Uh, and then when people think like, oh, get us extra stout, I'm getting fucked up. I'm like, well, you're not. You're drinking essentially like, you know, a, a, a fat tire. Fat tire has like 5.2, 5.5% alcohol. And people don't get <laughs> people don't get trucked up on some fat tire from New Belgium. I mean, they do, but typically they're not bragging about it, I guess, is what I'm trying, what I'm really trying to say. If you're not 22, you're not getting, you're not getting wrecked on some fat tire. No, I, I agree. And I'd, I'd sincerely like to apologize for everybody who just heard me clear my throat. I thought I was on mute. I'm more concerned that about you. I'm, I'm more concerned about uh-huh. you dribbling a basketball off your microphone right now or whatever the hell it is that you're doing. Oh, that was that loud? I'm sorry about it's, that, I'm too. Still, I'm still hearing I'm, it. Yeah, I'm carrying it in my hand. Give me a second. Let's put it down. We're on the All move. Right. That should be gone. Okay. Should be gone now. It is. It is gone. Okay. Yeah. No, sorry. Yeah, Frank. Frank is sitting on a high chair. Um, in a bedroom at the moment, so I apologize to everybody who's had to endure that for the last couple. Minutes. Go ahead and turn that turn that video it's on. Not been that bad. <laughs> turn it turn that video on because I want to see you sitting in a high chair. Is it an no, actual like children's like a child's high chair or no? No, it's a bar stool. Oh, um, bar stool. Okay, makes sense. But I I mean so yeah, extra stout. It's great beer. We should move to our special special guest of the evening. Oh God, um, Willem. Oh, Willem, yes. are you there? Um, so quick question yeah. here for, for you, um, that, and I, I tried to ask it, but I was on mute, so I don't want to interrupt the, the dogfish head, uh, stout that you've got there. <clears throat> so at 15%, you yes. said you couldn't taste the alcohol. Can you taste like this pruney rich flavor? Sorry, you broke up there. Does it have a pruney rich flavor? Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, hold on a second. The the reason I ask is because I've heard that that is what that alcohol tastes like. Like that type of alcohol. Pruny rich flavor. Like, like a rich date, date or prune, like a dry date. And I don't know if this is true, which is why I'm asking. Date, date, date. Is it a date? Is it a prune? You getting a prune? Date, prune? Something about a dune. Is it dried? Is it not dried? (laughs) Is it a raisin? Are you getting raisin? There's so much writing on this. (laughs) Well, there's only one right answer, so keep that in mind, too. Go ahead. God, I don't know. I get more of, like, toasty, maybe caramel, a little bit. Coffee, Uh, coffee, dark chocolate. Baker's chocolate, that bitter, bitter black chocolate. I don't know. I'm, I'm, like, really bad at notes of things i'm always just like yeah this tastes really good or no but you probably have it right like yeah. i've i've only ever heard it i have never been able to taste it so that but, what you're describing frank yeah, you're, as yeah. you're as you're talking about it you're like you're describing like a belgian strong dark something like that roquefort 10 that we all that you had um yeah yeah, yeah. so usually belgian belgian <clears throat> beers with high alcohol will produce what you're disca- like what you're describing Dates, prunes, cherries, any stone fruit, like caramelized peaches even sometimes, you'll get that those flavors out of those high-alcohol beers. Stouts okay. typically don't unless they're like a Belgian-inspired stout, so the yeast... yeast then they're like a double the and stuff like that, yeah. Well, a double is just a, basically a Belgian brown ale 
around 6%, so it's still pretty low alcohol, but it gets its color from candied sugars, so you don't get any of the roasted caramel or coffee uh, flavors that you get out of, like, a, say, <clears throat> an English barley wine or an English strong ale, something like that. So you, you, there's some there's some differences. That, like I said, the flavors that you're describing are almost 100% Belgian-inspired yeah. uh, or, or a beer with special bee malt. A special bee malt will produce that flavor. I don't think that that Worldwide Stout has any of that in it. My guess is that it's probably got the same yeast that they use in 120 Minute, and the the grain bill is just a ton of black malt. I think one of the catches from that beer is that they use a grain from every continent on the planet, or some ingredient oh, that's really from cool. some ingredient from every continent on the planet. If I'm remembering correctly, so do they count Antarctica? I think they pull some water, some BS, some ice from Antarctica, and they're like, "It's in there. We're all good." Meanwhile, uh, I think it's I'm pretty sure it's illegal to take ice from Antarctica because obviously, as we all know, Antarctica is holding all of the world's water in on our flat earth. So it's mm-hmm. important that Antarctica stay where it's at. So stays around. That's that hey, that that does deserve a reggae horn of truth. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna do the single one, but uh Nope, fuck it, going three. <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh gentlemen is jared it's an honor do we have jared kushner on the line sorry what we do <laughs> uh, are you sure that uh, the world is flat because <laughs> i've always heard that uh, well daddy's always told me that the world is round and um that it is my playground so i don't really understand what you're talking about mr brian frank's jared kushner sounds like uh a Michael Jackson character that is poorly. Prepared. Yeah, he sounds like that in real life, though. He's got Frank. Probably, Ward. I mean, I, I don't think that man can grow a beard. Well, hey, hey, it took it takes some people a while, okay? You know, which is fair. It's fair. I can't grow a mustache. I said it. I said it. You know what, guys? I said it. I'm happy. I'm proud of myself. But I can't I'm talking about I'm talking about any facial hair. I don't think Jared Kushner has oh. has, has donned a razor blade in his life. You don't you don't think like, he's part of the Dollar Shave her. Club? No, no. Jared Kushner gets paid by Dollar Shave Club not to use them. Actually, <laughs> uh, sorry, Frank. I didn't mean to derail you. What uh, what were you going to transition us into? No, no. So so transitioning just in general, right? So we we haven't all been together in a while. Um, and I think I think it's only fair that we kind of catch up. So maybe maybe one of the things that we we do right, and this is really winging it, as you can hear. Um, so, Willem, are you still on? I, don't, I saw some internet issues on your side. Yeah, it seems, nope. seems like he's not with us. All right, dead air. Fine, Brian. What are we talking about here? <laughs> Um, I was going to catch everybody up. It seems that's not going to happen. So, uh, no, maybe, maybe this is, so this is interesting on my side, right? So look, uh, Bitcoin, um, it's just quickly, I don't think we've addressed Bitcoin really in any, any manner, but a very, how would I turn it? Um, yeah, maybe like we haven't addressed it in any serious manner. It's always just been sort of like a brush off, right? Or completely joking. Sorry. Or completely joking about it. Yeah, yeah. And and like I personally feel it's for good reason. 
And and I understand that me thinking it's for good reason doesn't necessarily explain why it's a bad idea. Okay. So I'll give a quick, like two minute spiel as quickly as I can. And then I'd like you to say, Hey, um, Hey, like prod some questions. No, okay. prod some questions. All so, right. because you've certainly heard some about Bitcoin, probably read some articles. Yeah. Um, I've invested and, and, heavily. And I, yeah, sure. And that's perfect. Because <laughs> that's what most, no, but that's what most people like, they, it's all hearsay, right? right. And, and it's a problem because it's becoming, it's becoming hearsay fed by a pile of lies. Of lies is, is, is a big issue. So, Okay, here's here's the spiel on Bitcoin. I'll distill it. Essentially, Bitcoin is a cryptocurrency. Everybody knows that. Um, its value is derived by the fact that people think Bitcoin has value, right? So a lot of people will come at you and say, hey, that's what a fiat currency is. Fiat currencies are things like the U.S. dollar. The problem with that theory is that the Bitcoin world has no intrinsic value. The fiat currency does, okay? So intrinsic value is something that if you strip away every bit of hysteria – what is that piece of paper? What does everything hold, right? So in the uh, fiat currency world, you can pay taxes, you can buy goods with it, right? In Bitcoin's world, um, you cannot. The only reason you can buy goods because people exchange the, the, the money um, of Bitcoin, right? So they exchange coins and thus they agree on, on a centralized price for a decentralized currency. I know that's hilarious. Um, and then because of that, um, we trust each other. We determine that that's the price. Um, unfortunately, with uh, currency, which they like to call themselves cryptocurrency after all, um, you do need intrinsic value because long term, if you're going to reinvest this money or if you're going to hold it for a long period of time, which is what gives currency its value, um, it does need to have an intrinsic value because the hysteria will be stripped out and stripped in uh, as we go across time, right? So Bitcoin in the last 24 hours has gone from $12,000 to $14,000. That's obviously absurd. If you get paid today and tomorrow your money can be worth double or half, that's not something you want to get paid in, right? Um, because most people are going to say, hey, the one time I get paid half, I'm fucking done with this. <laughs> I don't want to do this. I got paid 12 grand last week and now it's worth six. That's bullshit. Bit of a problem. Um, yeah. yeah, that's the problem with Bitcoin. So Bitcoin as a currency is not something that will last. It will not survive. I'm not I will not ever call the top of Bitcoin because it's not just like hysteria market principles don't apply. Um so what I will say is is when Bitcoin does explode, a lot of people will lose a lot of money. They'll be very, very um how to put it, they'll be off put to reinvest in things of that nature and cryptocurrency um, will suffer because of it. So outside of the legality of Bitcoin, outside of the fact that a lot of people use it for criminal activity, outside of the fact that North Korea might be one of the biggest Bitcoin exchanges in the world that no one knows about, it, it, it principally holds no value in society other than um, similar to tulips, similar to the 1929 stock crash. There are people that will buy it that don't understand it, that provide it with additional value over and over again to the tune of $2,000 in 24 hours, which is obviously bullshit. We're getting close to a point where people will lose a lot of money. Be careful. I would not recommend buying it. If you want to, be really, really attentive and ready to sell it very quickly. That's my spiel. So basically, if you want to play day trader, 
do it with cryptocurrency, thus fucking cryptocurrency further? Yes, in in a sense, but what what I, what I kind of laid out there was a very um it, it's a mix between some principled like economic theories, right? So yeah. intrinsic value is something that a currency has to have for it to exist long term. Okay. Um which which is obviously so it's supported by the fact that you get paid in dollars and you trust that $10,000 this quarter is the same as $10,000 next quarter, right? Like I have the same purchasing power or roughly uh, the same within a quarter. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the problem that you have with Bitcoin is um, because not only has it increased in value, it is also depleted in value dramatically over periods of time. Um, it, it, it does not have a stable exchange medium because it is not, a, a intrinsic value driven commodity. Um, it's the same thing that happened to gold. Gold, gold, right? So it, the best way to explain intrinsic value is just what are you going to do with it if its main purpose doesn't exist, right? Or if if the purpose that you're buying it for doesn't exist, right? So if you buy gold, right, you're investing in gold, but your floor for the price of gold. Is always going to be what can someone actually buy this gold for to make something with gold and sell it, right? Like right. that—that that is the minimum value of that gold. Bitcoin does not have that. Um, the currency of the United States does, and it is honestly to pay taxes. Um, so it, it sounds weird, but that is what it is. Uh, so Bitcoin has none of that, and it never will, because. Outside of the fact that it, it's not it's not regulated appropriately, it it cannot intrinsically do anything other than when people make it do things, right? I.e., hey, buy one coin for fourteen grand. I told Willem today, I almost I almost bought four uh, four four Bitcoin uh, when they were priced at five hundred dollars. Just to see what happens, right? Think of how rich you would be, Frank. Go ahead and kick yourself now. We all know you want to do it. Exactly. But there are a lot of people doing that. They're like, oh, I should have bought this. Th-, and now they buy. Now, if you think about this, 500 to 14 grand, right? So, okay. So now it's worth 56 grand. Great. Yep. I missed out on 56 whole thousand dollars. Whatever. <laughs> um, it gets as fuck, right? No, 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 no. I'm just I'm kidding. I'm, I'm actually demeaning it because the problem with this line of thinking is today you're going to put in, let's say, two grand for you get it, for you to get the level of return that satisfies you right now, right? Like, oh my god, what an outsized return! Which is the point at which you would sell, right? Because you probably would have sold before it got to 14 grand. Hell, I would have. Um, but regardless, if, if, if there's an intrinsic, like there's there's also an intrinsic is a very commonly used economic term. So just get used to it. But there is an intrinsic value to being satisfied in economics. Right. <laughs> and uh, for people to feel the euphoria that they feel now, knowing that Bitcoin was two cents uh, in 2012, um, they would need Bitcoin to reach about a million dollars a coin. Now, that's just not going to happen, right? So um, 
people need to become very, very realistic very quickly or they will lose an incredible amount of money. And it's going to be unfortunate because it's going to be the people that are the least not educated because that's not that's not how investing work works from from a like you have a degree, you know how to invest, but they're going to be the least informed investors that purchase these things that end up getting burned. And it's it's it is what it is. I mean, once you start in any market getting people like your 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 grandma or your mom asking you should you buy it you should be very scared <laughs> that is one of the first signs that it's reached the wrong people they shouldn't be buying any of this shit so um yeah that's 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 my my bitcoin spiel have you have you so it's interesting you mentioned uh, the whole north korea thing there uh just real quick on that <laughs> it seems like they've been rapidly progressing with their missile program as of late. Yeah. Do you think the two are correlated in any way? That's uh it could it could to think about. Well, it could very well be. So what people what people don't understand about Bitcoin and and what makes it very difficult to believe in long term is the regulatory aspect, right? So Bitcoin is quote unquote anonymous. It's not truly anonymous, but it is anonymous enough to where the money can be sent and spent before you even know that it happened. So, uh, or before you're able to trace it correctly, right? So one of the primary foundations of our monetary system, it doesn't always work and it doesn't work because of international treaties that aren't up to date, et cetera, but it works most of the time um, is that, when foreign entities engage in transactions, if that transaction hits European or United States shores, it has got to meet certain regulatory frameworks, one of which is the Know Your Customer regulation. The Know Your Customer regulation means that you have to be able to certify that the person sending this money is a legal person, and then vice versa, on the other side, the person receiving it is a person that's not under sanctions. So, um, that 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 regulation has been very effective in cracking down on on uh, money laundering. Bitcoin has opened that floodgate up so vastly that not even the loosest of money laundering countries have a control on it. Um, China, if our and, loosest and, countries can't get control over their money laundering, <laughs> what are we well, doing as a society? It's a huge problem. Like it's not. I mean, so so yeah. Do you all recall the big um, investigation into UBS for transferring money yeah. to drug cartels? Do you know how that was caught? I have no clue. Okay, and sorry. This is one of the worst. Like, it's one of the worst news stories that didn't get reported. Um, the drug cartels attempted to purchase a seven twenty seven with cash, so that they could haul drugs across the United States border into Canada. Um, and well, obviously land in the U S drops them off, go to Canada. The amount of, of uh, narcotics that a, a, a Boeing jet can carry is unfathomable. Right. Jeez. So, so th- that was only caught because someone said, Hey, here's a $200 million bank transfer. What would you need to do that for? Even the riches of our society will would never 
wire $200 million? A, because insurance doesn't protect it if anything happens in transit. Um, even though it's an electronic transfer, there is insurance in that transaction. So, and B, because no one needs $200 million on a freaking whim. <laughs> so, <clears throat> I've got a good, so what ends a, up I, need, I need a big beer hall. I gotta go to yeah. Oklahoma and buy it. It's gonna be really beer. big. It's gonna be the biggest beer ball, beer hall in the world. It's gonna be huge. <laughs> You've never seen this beer. We're hall. gonna we're gonna have a beer ball with our beer hall. Good. Yeah. So you could call it beer castle. Uh, so, I mean, what what it comes down to is, uh, Bitcoin. The value of Bitcoin is the technology behind Bitcoin. It is not Bitcoin. Um. The, the, the guaranteed handshake, right, between parties that Bitcoin provides through the blockchain, uh, the blockchain is the, is the inherent value to Bitcoin. And what you're seeing in Bitcoin is a bunch of technologists trying to teach economics to individuals who are not technologists and they are not um, economists. So they, they get convinced that Bitcoin is their opportunity to benefit from the boom of blockchain technologies in Silicon Valley um, and the technologies in general being generated in Silicon Valley and, and across this country. And people are being, they're, they're being conned into believing that they can have a share of this massive return on wealth um, when in fact, it, it goes back to the old adage, and I will always stick by it. If it seems too good to be true, if it seems too easy to be true, it isn't true. Over the long term, again, you want to buy Bitcoin, just be prepared to sell it um, so you don't lose money. Um, I would, <laughs> If you want to do it correctly, buy it every day, sell it every day, take your losses, take your gains. Over the long term, you might make money. If you start losing money, just back out. It's like a lottery ticket. Um but I would not long term, I would not long term hold Bitcoin, thinking I'm going to become a gazillionaire because you've lost the opportunity to do that. Well, okay. <clears throat> Bitcoin just concerns me in that uh, I, it makes me feel like an old man, in the same way that like you know the old people that you work with don't buy things online because they don't trust their credit card information safe. I have a hard time putting my money in something that's not like a tangible item, I guess. And I'm not even talking about stocks because at least those are like, you know, guaranteed. Does that make sense? Am I making sense? Mm -hmm. Hello? <laughs> yes. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. sorry. Where did Frank go? I don't know. I he left me. He made me feel like I was asking the dumbest fucking question no, I could no, have no, no, ever. No, no, no. I was actually. Doing this. <laughs> I was like, I just bought Bitcoin. I'm sorry. I I, I bought a lot. No. Of it. I the, felt the, bad. The, okay. So when you when you all lambasted me about the basketball noise, I had to move my stuff, <clears> so I had to be on mute. Um. No. So so that that is the correct way to feel about it, right? So it's not it's not correct to be scared by it. Bitcoin is something. It holds some value. What the value is, I don't know. Um, there, the 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 great economic minds of our time, and and I, I I've theorized over Bitcoin. I mean, I think 
Brian, you've probably heard me talk about it. It's I've been hearing you talk about it for four years because I heard you and it's Derek, been a while. You and Derek got into a discussion about it when he lived here in Dallas. Yeah. So, um, I've I've been pondering over this for a long time. It's 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 been since to an extent since 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 the like inception of Bitcoin. But once people started, so so what tells me to start like over analyzing something or analyzing something to a degree where I might invest in it is when I hear enough people talking about it, right? Like hearing one people mention Bitcoin, it's like, okay, let's figure out what this is. But then once people start asking you like legitimately, what you, what do you feel about this? You, you've got to start educating yourself. And I happen to be like pretty, the most educated. No, 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 <laughs> not by any means. But I do, I do, I enjoy topics like this. Like right. I, I like to research things like this. So I like to have an opinion about it. Well, when when you start looking into Bitcoin, your your biggest kind of like one of the things that you, you, you just need to be very conscious of is that the exchange of monetary funds only matter, right, if both people agree on the price, but also that both people agree that the future price won't be much different than the price today if we're doing it for a good, right? Right. So if I give you $5 today for your sweatshirt, Brian, if you believe that my $5 in two weeks will be worth $20, are you willing to accept my $5 for the sweatshirt today? Yeah, probably probably not. I mean, yeah. Gonna... So it really comes down to the basics of monetary, uh, kind of monetary economics. And unfortunately, <laughs> monetary economics is one of the least understood things in our country. Um, it's a problem. People don't teach it well enough. Um, it's boring to learn. Um, I love it, but not a lot of people do. So, um, yeah, it's it's it, Bitcoin is is very similar to the reason that we have our debt argument every year, where people go, "Hey, the debt's too much." Da 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 da. No, the debt's not too much. You know, the debt is only too much when you cannot afford the interest payment on the debt. You can stop adding to the debt by not having the deficit be so great. But even that's not a big deal because you're paying interest on the debt and you roll it over and it just is people's retirements, right? Like it's not, so um, it's it's very difficult to get people to accept it because they don't understand the monetary policies of different types of economies, different types of goods. And then they go, well, because the United States dollar isn't backed up by anything, Bitcoin's better. Well, no, it's not. Okay, it's 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 not how this works. <laughs> it's not how how the the greatest economic theories in the history of mankind were set up. Um, and unfortunately, the the um, the equivalency drawn there, right? So a lot of people do this equivalency to your point, Brian, earlier, where you said, "I'd rather own stocks than Bitcoin." It, it, that's a correct equivalency because Bitcoin is not anything more than a commodity. Right. And it's speculative commodity. You cannot draw the equivalency, however, that I'd rather own Bitcoin than the U.S. dollar. That's a stupid equivalency because I can tell you in 20 years, the U.S. dollar is going to be worth something. And in 20 years, can you fucking tell me Bitcoin's going to be worth anything? 
See, I like that argument. With any confidence? I like that argument, Frank, because of what I saw on Fox News, uh, not like last week, back when, uh, you know, former General Flynn was uh, being indicted on lying, you know, for lying to the FBI. Anyway, <clears throat> when I was listening to Fox News at my work, uh, because that's so, what hey, I do. Just, all right, the, can we can we call him Intern Jin from now on? What in, in, Intern Flynn? Intern Flynn? Yeah, he was there for three weeks. He was an intern. How about he was a temp? Inmate? He was a temp. No, you know what? We're gonna call him Inmate Flynn. That's what we're gonna do. Lock him up. Lock well, him up. Lock maybe him up. at some point. But so for now no. we call him Intern. We we call him Disgraced Intern. I, I feel like we can call him F- Fuckle Trump Flynn. It's kind of like Huckleberry Finn, but he really fuckled Trump on this whole deal. Anyway, you know what? Back to my original point. <laughs> my original point was I saw a commercial on Fox News for electronic currency. Put your money in, a, in in Bitcoin to invest for the future. It was essentially what like gold bars it's the Bitcoin were. IRA. It's yeah. the Bitcoin IRA. Yeah, I which guess. is basically like, allow your bank to invest in Bitcoin. Call this number to allow your financial institutions, blah, 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 blah. Which that, when, when Frank, when you were talking about like, oh, when I hear enough people talking about it, then that's when I know I need to research it and investigate it. In In my world, when I see a commercial for it on Fox News, that's when... I need to investigate it and research it because I feel like it's complete BS. There's one thing when you invest in, like, I don't know, storm shelters. Uh, It's another thing when you invest in a 20-year supply of food rations that you can store in a bucket in your pantry. Like, you don't need that. But when they start advertising it on Fox News, I'm like, do you know something that I don't, assholes? Like, what's happening here? So so, all you need to do the equivalency here is – Gold. Oh well, that well. Okay. Say, Frank, that, I'm sorry. Before you go on, that that was my point. When you said twenty dollars, twenty U.S. dollars is going to be worth something in the future. That's when I think it's hilarious because in my mind, like if you're not wanting to just invest in you know U.S. money, then what you're saying is our president is a shitburger and he's going to ruin everything. U.S. money is worth nothing. Gold might not even be here because Steve Mnuchin is shoving up his ass every time he goes to <laughs> Fort Knox, slowly one bar at a time. So there, that might not be left either. So invest in cryptocurrency where Donald Trump is not smart enough to get his hands on it yet. So, which I find is funny. And that was the whole joke that I was making. But in reality, uh, yeah. No, old people should not be investing investing in a, in in things that they have no business investing in. No, but that's that, you you made a really good like I'm I'm chuckling, but that's a really good point. So what what it comes down to is the the Fox News world that got taken advantage of during the gold boom. Take so Brian, Brian, can you while we're talking here pull up the price of gold real quick? Yeah, well, let me crack uh, research team. Well, I'm no Troy, so don't. Uh, so don't I'll tell you when when Fox it is, it is per Fox, ounce twelve. Hold on, hold on, wait, 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 wait. Okay. I need I need to put some relative like relativity around this. So when when uh, gold was touted as being this invaluable it was the fiat solver right so this will always have value 
you should invest in gold because the U.S. market is about to implode because we have a black president. That whole deal. Yeah. Um, it was at $5,000 per ounce. Okay. <laughs> now, think of gold uh-huh. as that. Mm-hmm. Right? So, Brian, pull up that chart. Yeah. Right. I want to say, and, and you can fact check me on this. I want to say that was like probably in the December 2013 to June 2014 segment. Yeah. When it reached that hysteria. Okay. Um, it might not have reached completely five grand, but it was at least a 4,500 an ounce. Um, so regardless, it, it reached these absurd levels. Yeah. And then um, at that point, uh, the price of gold for industrial applications, right? So contracts where people were like, hey, most of our gold is used for cell phones and um, long-term, that's probably the price of gold because that's 90% of the market. Um, and, you know, to extract gold out of the earth costs about, I don't know, 900 to $1,100 an ounce. The it was 1300 bucks an ounce, okay? So... They uh, ran it up to five grand. Gold IRAs were the thing. It's going to 10. It's going to 20. It's got no top. <laughs> and now we're at, what's the price here, Brian, Let today? Me share the screen with you so you can see what we're dealing with. You see it there? <clears throat> yeah, so it is that's tw- about $1,268. $1, yes, and it's $1,268 an ounce. So per pound, for those of you who are out there like, eh, we're no poundage, <laughs> about 20 grand. So a an actual fiat, that is about what a, a pound of gold yeah. is worth, an actual fiat. That's your fiat currency. Yeah. So um, that's actually you, where they get the name. Go ahead. Can you can you pull up that historical chart real quick? I Just just for gigs, I want to see how close I was to the the timing of that top. Um, so twenty. Y'all want to do a beer count? Yeah, in a second. And so go up to the four H up there. That's going to be your four year chart. I don't know. That's not a clickable. This is a picture, Frank. I can't. Uh, <laughs> that's a fair enough. Fucking right, photograph. Stock dashboard that you use regularly. <laughs> I'll research it. It tisn't. Uh... It tisn't at all. <laughs> So in the last oh. five years, it has dropped four hundred and forty-one dollars per ounce. No, that's that can't not be right, right guy. That can't be right. That's not right at all. Listen to this track, <laughs> beers. Beers. Okay, yeah. Actually, all right. I am going to play do that. that. Frank, I'll tell you what the actual like what, what my what? fact check on my fact check is. Okay, sounds good. I can't wait. This is going to be loud. Hear ye, it's time for a beer count. Listen to this track. Beers. <laughs> oh, it's been a while since I've heard there that. It is. It's good. Makes you feel at Who home. Who goes first? Uh, both at the same time. One, two, go ahead. No, you go ahead. If we go by most northerly <laughs> position, as is tradition. Oh, okay. <laughs> Tis tradition, Villam, good call. Hi, this is Jared Kushner, and I'm drinking a uh, ginger beer. In the nautical world. <laughs> Whatever. <Yeah. laughs> well, why would he drink a ginger beer? Because he's not a man, is what he's saying. I haven't had my first period yet. <laughs> okay. 
right. Also known as a Menard. Uh, go okay. ahead. So on the the dogfish head, what, what is it again? Worldwide What's stout. What's it called, Brian? Worldwide stout. Worldwide stout. I keep thinking like around the world. <laughs> All right, worldwide stout. I went downstairs to get the beer that I'm drinking now, which I'll let you know what it is. Um, and I was like, asked my wife what she thought of the beer, and independently of me, she said it also is like a milkshake in your mouth. So it's like a milkshake of beers here that we're talking about. Confirmed. Two out of two, two okay, good. individuals oh, that have tried this beer feel that way. Um, so that's the update on that beer. And then I'm drinking currently this Boulevard Winter Warmer Ale. Is that the Scotch? The Scotch Ale? Um, I... Ah shit! I saw. I was at the liquor store and I saw. Does it scotch it? I don't know. Does it look like ale. a? Does it look like it has a sweater on the on the label? Yeah, I'll just show you the label. Oh, Nutcracker! Yeah, that's There's our Christmas. That's our Christmas beer. Yeah, exactly. But so not a Scotch ale though. No, I don't think so. I think it's just Scotch ale was it next there. There, I think it's called. Uh, I just I grabbed this one. I don't remember what the hell it's called. Scotch on Scotch. I don't know what the hell. Um, I like that, uh, their scotch ale, their nutcracker ale. It's like, uh, Frank, it's going to be similar to St. Arnold's Christmas, Christmas ale. So it's a little, little nutmeggy, little ginger, little, little, little extra spice. Good. Yeah. Very accessible. Yeah. And that's the other thing. It's like what? Five, <laughs> 6% ABV. Nothing crazy, right? Uh, yeah. No, well, hold on. I think it's seven, seven point eight. Holy shit. Okay, so it's gone up significantly since I had it last time. <laughs> Has it really? Yeah, I know. Seriously, last time it was it was in the 5 to 6 range, so 7 8, not close. Good, 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 good. 7 po- Yeah, yeah. Dang. Have fun with that. You're following up a 15% beer with a 8%er. So fun, fun. <laughs> okay, at fun least I only had half of the other one. This one's going to be a full one, though. Spin so. it however you want, buddy. Um, I am drinking because I think <laughs> I, I'm sure Frank is still doing his gold research right now. So I, Willem, after well, hearing, and you're you're more northerly than he is, right, Brent? So I am following protocol. I will go next. <laughs> so Willem, following your your lead, <clears throat> uh, I I decided to open up something a little bit special. I opened up uh, Lakewood Brewing's. Lion's Share 5. That's their fifth anniversary ale from this year. It's a Scottish ale aged on Scotch whiskey and bourbon barrels. So the other fun fact about this Scotch ale, Scottish ale, is to make a true Scotch ale or wee heavy or Scottish ale, you don't use peat smoked malt, even though people feel like that's a necessity because it's got Scotch in the name and well, Scotch has quite the peat, <laughs> peat smoked malt character, so I've got to pour a dram in or two. It's not supposed to have peat smoked malt in it. It's supposed to put off a basically, it's, it's supposed to be a, a sweeter beer with very low bitterness. Uh, as a matter of fact, when uh, Scotch ales were first brewed, they didn't actually use hops. They used like roots and other spices to create the bittering agents. So not a notoriously bitter beer, but a notoriously like heavier beer. So like seven percent alcohol is not out of the norm for a Scotch ale. This 
this beer uh, from Lakewood here in Dallas, they decided to use peat smoked malt to bring out the character because obviously they blended it between uh, scotch whiskey and bourbon barrels. So they wanted to make sure that they got that that peat smoked malt character to come out of the beer. <laughs> well, the issue is this thing. Like while Frank was was talking about Bitcoin, I had the perfect description for this beer. It's one of two things. The clean description is it's like drinking through a filter of a barrel. So like you put staves over the top of your glass and you just drink through wood. That's what this tastes like. The dirty description and the more accurate description is it tastes like like uh, an RV bed sheet is what it tastes like. So uh, bed sheets that have been on a bed stuck in an Yikes. RV for like like years at a time. That's not necessarily a bad that, thing. So, okay, hold on. So like a little plasticky or something? No, 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 no. I'm talking about like dusty. Dusty, a little bit of like maybe a little bit of mildew or but, you know, it smells like something caught on fire in there a long time ago and they put it out with a fire extinguisher. <laughs> they never actually changed the sheets. It's got wood paneling. It tastes like wood paneling maybe a little bit. It's so I don't know intensely if specific. <laughs> It is, but it's like it's a very specific memory. Like the memory that came up when I, as soon as I tasted it, tasted it, and I hope I hope my cousin is listening to this. It tastes like my uncle's RV at Thanksgiving when the kids would sleep out in the RV, and and it would be like this. It was like this weird musty, dusty smell that would just basically inundate everyone and everything inside the RV. That's what this beer tastes like. Plus a little bit, of, plus a little bit of smoked malt. <laughs> that's that's a, as, as descriptive as I can get. It, that said, it's it's a good beer. I had it this year on tap at their anniversary party, and it was is amazing. I as soon as I tasted it, I was like, it tastes like someone just dumped scotch in this <laughs> in this beer, and they were like, ah, yeah, give it to him, he'll love it. Uh, so that was. I mean, it's it's a good beer. I, I kind of wish I would have let it sit around for like a year or two to see what it what it turned into. But I mean, hell, this is twenty two ounces of nine point six percent, so that's good. I'm gonna probably be done after this. But yeah, that's a uh, lion share <laughs> lion share five from Lakewood Brewing. Frank, uh, gold expert on the line. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go southern gold analyst on this one. Gold a gold yeah, analyst lover. lover. Back to back down to gold analyst. Okay. Um, yeah, my while my statement held true, the prices were not right. Um, so gold rose initially from about three hundred bucks to uh, high of eighteen ninety five, and now in twenty fifteen we were back down to ten ten sixty one, and now we're at twelve sixty three or twelve sixty five, whatever. Um, but yeah, so during that time, uh, I apparently thought gold was triple the price, so you should have sold it to me. But you got a bad deal on gold. You paid yeah, three times what it was worth. It <laughs> but yeah, I'm not active in the gold market. Obvi. Um, Obvi. So, so, so wait, you're saying um, my, my initial evaluation of, what, 16-something was correct? It was up 441? Yes. Or yeah, dropped drop four forty one so, in the last five years. That's still a lot. Yeah, per so sixteen fifty seven is a weighted average for the year. Um, that, that there was a there is a high during the year of eighteen ninety five. Um, so it almost reached two grand an ounce. It, it was that last Friday when they they fucking signed that. 
in no, Jacksonville? No, this was in 20, 20, uh, 2011 when the debt ceiling crisis deal was going on. Oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah. So, yeah. so what so, you're saying is mass hysteria actually worked to drive prices of gold up. Oh, for sure. For right. sure. It always does. That's all we need. So when 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 the next stock market like exodus happens, which is bound to happen, um, it's always a good bet to go buy hard commodities, gold, silver. Um, they will normally always increase because people always do that. Now, if Bitcoin is still around, you might throw some money at Bitcoin because idiots will go flee. To the worthless currency idiots. Um, for whatever reason you're the dwight shrewd of this podcast right now idiots i mean listen i don't mean to call old people Bitcoin people idiots but i oh. will be right eventually i i, like I don't to know refer- when i don't know when but i will be right <laughs> i like to refer to to those people as just old no, they're it's not still, old. I've, well, I've had way too many questions, and it's not the people asking well, questions. I mean, Willem asked me today. I've had lots of friends ask me. It's not dumb because it's something that's so like it's abstract. It do, it doesn't make sense that people would make this amount of money in something like that, and that's why they keep making money. Like what people need to understand in economic theory. Um. Irrational exuberance is what it is called. Ooh. If you want to go research it. <laughs> Irrational, Irrational exuberance is what money. drives markets to unsustainable levels. Uh, perpetuate. And, and when a market is irrationally exuberant, you are dumb. These sort of pricing analysts to call a top to the market, to call a bottom, to see what's going to happen when people sell it. It's dumb. At this point, you just need to tell people what, in 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 all actual in all actuality, will happen when people exit the market, and that's that's all I'm trying to do. I'm not going to tell you Bitcoin's not. I told I, I had this discussion many times. I'll never tell someone Bitcoin's not going to reach twenty grand, thirty grand, forty. It might. Intrinsically, it doesn't have value. It its only value is the fact that people believe, and 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 as a crowd go after it and, and are exuberant about its price. Nah, don't overuse it now. I'm about, to name fades, a, about to name an episode after that, so let's calm down. Well, when it when it fades, it will hurt people. And you're going to – there's another term in trading. It's called trying to catch a falling knife. You'll see people – They'll try to call the bottom of Bitcoin and they'll try to do it at five grand. They'll try to do it at 10 grand. They'll try to do it at a grand. They'll say $500. This was 40 grand, not even three months ago. They'll do that. Don't be the person who buys in and tries to call the bottom of Bitcoin. This market is not a market anymore. Did you say it was exceptional or? No, it's irrational. Irrational exuberance. So that was a term used by one Alan Greenspan back at the American Enterprise Institute during the dot-com bubble of the 1990s. The phrase was interpreted as a warning that the market might be overvalued. <laughs> Frank, looks like you got the use of that word wrong, am I right? Dot-coms just went through the roof from 99 on. <laughs> well, it's funny because the rational exuberance, while Alan Greenspan was the person to like bring it to light, 
Adam Smith talks about it. Karl Marx talks about it. It, it is a term. That, I heard communist and socialist. I don't know what. Yeah. What's uh? It's it's a very common economic expression that doesn't happen. So the reason economists don't talk about it is because it just sends people's eyes into swirls. It's very boring. But it's important to understand that that when when people are not driven by rationality. They make irrational decisions. I think we can. I think we can. I think we can dial that in a little bit more than just dealing about uh, like currency and investments. I think this can be dialed more into. I don't know. Let's just say knee jerk reactions. So whether that is uh, getting pissed off at black people for standing up for injustices in this country, or if it's mm, I don't know people standing up for. Uh, fighting for their rights, they're not going to take our guns away, so we're going to buy a shit ton of guns. That's not happening, but the fear of that happening has driven the market value of a fucking assault rifle through the roof. And, let's just be real with you, the social like price of someone standing up and speaking their mind has also been really really hit hard because if you stand up and say that you've been sexually assaulted if you're a female you're automatically questioned whether you're working for the other side or maybe they're just lying trying to get trying to get one over on the dims like you, 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 you like, there's some irrationality across the board in society that can be explained with this irrational exuberance frank you well, might be on, onto on, something on. no yeah for sure so you've probably heard me say this. I hope someone on this cast has heard me say this. I don't listen to a majority of things you say. My true belief is that society is nothing but a, 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 a massive market of the exchanging of ideas of the exchanging of, of, of bodily fluids, influence. Right. So there's, there's the, the foundation of society is economics and, um, the reason that economics is the foundation of society is because it is in and of itself an imperfect science, right? It evolves as we move on, but some of the fundamentals of it always exists, right? Supply and demand is something that will always exist. If you want to say something, someone has to be willing to hear it. If you want to buy something, someone has to be willing to purchase it. Um, supply and demand is a foundation pricing mechanisms, right? So the pricing theory of economics, it's another foundation. If you want to buy something, someone has to be able to say, hey, I can afford it. Or if you want to sell something, that's what I want to buy it for. If you want to say something, someone says, I want to be able to hear it and it's worth my time to hear it. That's the currency, right? Time. So uh, over the long term, economics drives society. That's why understanding things like irrational exuberance and understanding how they logically fit into your life they're not just driven by, by uh, prices. They're not just driven by commodities. They're driven by ideas, right? Trump relies on your irrational behavior to sustain momentum in all of his ideas and his thoughts. That's what he relies on. He relies on a wave of momentum to carry him based on the fact that people don't understand. It's the same wave that carries Bitcoin prices. It's the same wave that carries... Orders. It's the same wave that carries Doomsday people preppers. who have these insane ideas about the prices of commodities. Like it, that is what sustains a lot of these movements. And eventually the momentum stops and 
people are hurt. And once we understand that that is just the way society functions and economic theory is the foundation to it, and we stop trying to debate things based on, like, we're debating a lot of things based on emotion, right? Emotions matter. They do. But you know why sexual assault has been prevalent? Because it's a thing? Well, no. Yeah, no, it is, <laughs> Man, it is a thing that's happened a lot. No, sure, sure. But, but, but why has it been prevalent? The punishment has never been greater than the reward. Now, all of a sudden, the reward outweighs the punishment and people are having second thoughts. So because the punishment was nil, right, for Harvey Weinstein, he kept doing it. Oh, this isn't happening. So when you foundationally root things in economic theory, which is why I truly believe people need to just study it, get used to it, it will make you understand why people do what they do. It, it's not a perfect science by any means, which is why you can discuss it at any corner of society and you'll have many people disagree with you. It roots things into non, and again, intrinsic, it's a word, get used to it. It roots things into intrinsic, instinctual behaviors that are important, that people need to understand. It's what you, like when you design software, a lot of those theories that come into UX design, that come into product design, they come from economic theory. They come from behavioral economics. Economics is a very important thing, just like philosophy. Um, it's a very important thing for people to understand. So that's my soapbox, because I, I honestly think it's important. Your your correlation here that you drew is... Deadly the, accurate, the I know. It's the reason that I love economics as much <laughs> as I do. Uh, I, I, I mean, I can get into my mar my marketing world and how I've marketed uh, Christmas presents to my daughter without her knowing it ahead of her getting them. So I can get into that later. But we are joined tonight by our specialists of guests. Our specialist of guests? I don't know. This scotch ale has really got me fucked right now. Um, <clears throat> we're joined by Parker tonight, who's now nah, I just saw he's muted himself, so shit. Park Speed. I'm here. Oh, you're here. Okay, so sorry. I just saw a mute show up on a... On uh, on a little profile pic, and I didn't know if that was you yeah. or Frank that had muted themselves. So that was me. I had to cough. Oh, that's good. It's good. Frank just coughed directly into the microphone earlier, so it was made it real smooth. <laughs> real smooth. <laughs> Parker, how are you doing this Parker, evening? Parker, how are you? What are you drinking? Okay, I'm I'm good. <laughs> Thanks, Phil. I think there might be a delay on Willem's headphones. I've deduced that no, this evening. But it was a, it was the perfect Willem and Parker interaction, is what that was. Yeah, it was it's good. Yeah, <laughs> just like old times. Parker, what do you? Well, I was just about to say. <laughs> it was no, I was actively saying it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I'm drinking a Hopdinger by Oso Brewing Company out of Plover, Wisconsin. About to wash this mm, off. It's dilly dilly. Uh. Hey, yeah, quit fucking saying that. I'm so hold, sick of that. Put a pin in that. We're going to come you back to it. sexual about it, Parker. We're going to, we're going to come back to that uh, saying. Uh, Parker, so you're drinking a humdinger or a hopdinger? Sorry. A hopdinger. Hopdinger. Yeah. A baseball-inspired baseball inspired yeah. IPA from exactly. Two Fox, Wisconsin. Yeah. Uh, is, this part of your, <laughs> is this part of your beer explorer pack that you got last year? It is. 
It's the Dora Explorer beer pack. Oh, man, I can't wait for that Diego beer that you get. It's going to be awesome. The Swiper beer is going to The Swiper beer, it's going to go away unless you yell at it three times and it stops. It's like, oh, man. Anyway, Dora the Explorer humor, oh, you're sure. welcome. They repeat everything like oh, fucking man. nine times. <laughs> fucking Swiper's a pussy. Like, just yeah. steal the shit. Don't listen to people. Like, pfft. Say it's a bitch, dude. Yeah. And he never wins. No, he never does. Let the fucking dude have something. He lives, like, bitch, he lives in a trash can. Let him have it. Like, bitch, you're an antagonist in a fucking children's cartoon. (laughs) You know how much heroin he shoots up with every night when he goes home? He's like, I'm fucking voice of swiper, man. Can't do this. Lost again today, honey. (laughs) I think a soldier is spy. <laughs> All right. Uh, you said you're about yeah. to polish that one off. Are you about to open up another one? Uh, yeah. Let me uh, let me show you what I got. Uh oh. Hey, hey, hey. We're talking about beer. Don't. Don't. Mm, oh, oh god damn it. It's almost as bad as a dick pic. Uh, <laughs> it's almost as bad as a dick pic. Remember. Depends. Remember, uh, remember, yeah, you guys are still not taking me up on my dick pics, so I'm still gonna yeah, keep trying. That's gonna be a hard pass <laughs> for everyone, I think. Uh, no one for wants to see dicks. Persistence. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I'm thinking about sending, turning over our uh, internal thread messages to the National Enquirer, so they can be like, Parker of No Beer Left Behind fame accused of sending dick pics. Is he well, next? To you the- gotta. Yeah. You gotta wait like twenty years though. Oh yeah, it's good. Wait for No Beer Left Behind fame to fill up or fill Um up? I don't I don't know. <laughs> just you just uh, have to wait for personal reasons. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So what have you been up to? Even uh, killing man. the game? Trading, What's up? I said, "What have you been up to? Just killing the game, trading Bitcoin? What do you? What do you? Uh, what have you been working on lately?" Ah, right. uh, not shit. I had lunch with uh, T. Roy yesterday. Would you go to Taco Cabana again, or or uh, no? I'm sorry, Taco Bueno. No, dude, I've got some sad news to tell you guys. All right, and I'm coming to you. Laying it all on the table here. Bueno's really kind of been going downhill for a while now. (laughs) You're an apologist. Thanks me to say that. Did you get food poisoning from Bueno? (laughs) Might as well. The old Parker B hole, a little beat up after some Bueno. I don't know. Just the overall quality and like they've. It seems like they've switched to the concession stand Taco Bell. Queso. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's the only queso I know from Bueno. No. I don't know. Just the quality is like hit or miss lately, like last year. And last week, my brother was like, uh, stopped by and he was eating Bueno. And he's like, man, the fucking taco shells taste like they've, you know, like been sprayed with pesticide or something. And then uh, I saw a, a friend on Facebook two nights ago said the same thing it was like fucking taco shells taste like bleach and um, <laughs> it's two different locations here in Broken Arrow and quality. I'm like their QC must be just sleeping on the job or something but uh, 
So it does hurt me to say that, but I'm I'm being honest with you. Now I'm not switching over to the dark side quite yet. Have you have you let's answer the question that the world wants to know. Have you been to Chili's lately? Still have no I've not been to Chili's. God damn just You suck. Bell though. Chili's free since two thousand three. Bell, Taco Bell, have you been back? You got that Crunch Wrap Supreme? Fill me know what I'm talking about. Cheesy Gordita Crunch up top. Oh god, do I ever? Do I ever? <laughs> Dude, you yeah, know that confession, I have been to Bell recently. Of course you have. You know why? Because you're a goddamn American. Yes, man. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Dude, thank let you me did. tell you right now. Let me the Brian tip of the week. Go to Taco Bell, order the Crunch Wrap Supreme number nine on most of your menus, if you will. Get the Crunchwrap Supreme, and you can have them make it spicy. So they add the creamy jalapeno sauce and jalapenos to that Crunchwrap Supreme. Dude, it is lit AF. You leave that place literally feeling better about your life and forgetting that Donald Trump's your president for about 10, 15 minutes. (laughs) And then as you're shitting your brains out, as you're shitting your brains out the next morning, and it is just straight fire brimstone from the depths of hell, you're like, you know what? It was (laughs) worth it. It was totally worth it. So can I give my Taco Bell tip? Go ahead, Willem. I'm I mean I'm here for it. Okay. So it's actually two tips. <laughs> oh god, twin tips. Okay, let's see. Uh so my my two tips are get the beefy five layer burrito. Okay. No beans, extra beef. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. I feel like you have to. I feel like four layer burrito. I feel like you have to know somebody at Taco Bell to order that. <laughs> no, they'll do it. They just charge you extra, but it's okay. It's worth it. Three fried beans. And you got extra beef. Totally. Dude, and then the high second came tip. up with that combo. Uh, it's just very poor. I need a. I need a protein. Protein. Is what I well, I wouldn't. Re- a future tip. Secondary tip. Tip one A. Don't rely on Taco Bell for protein, regardless of how little money you have. One A. All right. One one A. And now we're on tip number two. Okay. Which is drum roll, please, because I'm sure. Uh, I don't remember. So I'm the next person, and I'll Fuck. come back. Dude, any ask for twenty hot sauces because you're bound to only get six. Oh no, no, no! For real though, that they have a new one called the Diablo sauce. It oh, is yeah. very, yeah, very good. Yes. It's uh, it's not too spicy at least in my opinion like it's spicy but it's not it's not you know they say diablo like you expect it to fucking melt your it's not like that but it's got this really nice like tang to it which i just can't even that's that's the styrofoam that they melt down for that sauce villain you know how taco bell works bueno tips (laughs) yeah bueno tips besides Uh, don't go apparently so don't go there right now they're they're in a transitional period. They're having some growing pains. So I think. here's, you know what? A, a couple of sure, sure. But outside of that, I just mean like in the general sense. What would be your bueno tips? I don't know. I'll give you. I'll give you. This I'll is give, a very uh, sore subject. I'll, I'll give you. I'll, I'll try to help you out. Hurt. I'll try to help you out, hurt. Parker, because okay. they just in, they they just put in a taco bueno down the street from the house, and it took over a chicken express, which I was a little bummed about because I like their corn nuggets. Those are pretty good, but now they're shut Chicken down. Chicken Express is good, man. It is. It's really good. And they have great sweet tea, but tis no more out here by my house. So 
they have Taco Bueno. Taco Bueno did it up right. They sent out a flyer to everybody within like a five mile radius for like free shit. So Mrs. Brian and I went in about two months ago when they put it in. And we got like, I don't know, like $24 worth of food for $15. I was like, hey, it's a pretty good deal. Taco Bueno treating us right. So what I noticed was... Yeah, unlike Pollo Tropical, which treated us like we were fucking slum bitches, and they were just putting one in us every time we went. To- anyway, you know what? Side the point. Uh, I feel like Pollo Tropical, you have to know what to order, and they don't make any fucking. They don't. They don't help you in any way, shape, or form. No. Anyway, Bueno did help me. They helped me find some good fresh Mexican food. And what I've discovered about Taco Bueno in general is that they, like Taco Bell, have like franchise points that you can get in on. Okay, so some franchisees, when they buy in, they pay extra to get that good cheese, to get them good tortillas, to get them like the fresh lettuce when it comes in. And, and I say this because from experience, there is a Taco Bell in Plano, Texas, that's in a really trashy part of town. It used to be some by some of my old accounts where I used to sell beer. But they had some of the best Taco Bell Mexican food I've ever had in my life. And I know you're saying, well, how low is that bar? Pretty low. But this is actually pretty legit. Like, they went and put, like, freshly shredded cheese on there. It wasn't any of that, like, cr- like uh, packaged craft shit. Like, it tasted good. It was actually melted on the taco when you got it. It wasn't pristinely shredded somehow. Like, it didn't keep its shape like some of the Taco Bell cheese. It was, like, melted into like, this, like, queso. And, like, you the know, that was welfare cheese, right? Whatever, dude. It was good. <laughs> and then no. just slap a craft single on your taco. <laughs> Yeah, that's Jack in the Box. No joke, that's Jack in the Box, dude. Jack in the Box will do that on their tacos, and it's a, it's delicious. Anyway, uh, no, so you like, there there are levels of franchises you can buy in on. So the Taco Bueno out in Allen, Texas, they bought in on a good franchise, and then Parker they switched. Pretty sure they switched owners, switched management, they switched something because it is not the same. Taco Bueno out in Allen got me to switch over, like to get more food from Bueno, to be more Bueno, if you will. <laughs> and then I went out there about, like, literally it was about eight weeks ago, nine weeks ago. I went out there and I ordered my regular Bueno order with a big old burrito and like the monster taco, whatever the hell it is. Some good stuff all around. And it tasted like straight up plastic dog doo doo. Yeah. And I was really bummed about it. And then when Bueno came in out by the house, I was like, I'm going to give it a shot. I'm just going to, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, a, I'm a big boy, uh, literally and physically. Uh, so like, I just, I want, I want to try it out, see what's up with it. The Bueno out by the house so far in the last eight weeks has been great. Hmm. So but, Brian, good. um, while Parker and I are doing brewery rescue, would you like to pitch the show taco rescue? Yes, I will, and I'm going to set you up the brewery rescue. God damn! Yeah, you just come in there and you make the franchisees owners uh, cry and shit. And yeah, I tell them I, I you know, just violence. Throw and then you this. just come in. Is this where you add the doo doo? No, that is your show. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna buy into that franchise, Frank. It's like doo doo productions presents. Like, <laughs> it just makes too much sense. Brown Pants Productions presents. Brewery Dang. Rescue. Uh, yeah, Parker, you have to listen to the first like, 15, 20 minutes of the episode to get that All reference. Right. Um, I just feel like that that just lessens the brand as a whole, you know, it, whenever you're not doing spot checks and like quality control in your franchise locations. But like, it's the reality, you're man. You're fucking yourself. <laughs> Put a quarter up your ass because you just played yourself. 
it's it's like people shit on McDonald's all the time for being McDonald's. But the one thing that McDonald's has going for it is their French fries are freaking delicious and their Coke is always on point. But it's because they have Coca-Cola come into every one of their restaurants every month and service their machines and recalibrate their syrup mixes. And their French fries are dope as hell because they're like 95% fake. But that's fine. They can control how, like, what that French fry tastes like when it goes out the window. <laughs> There's only five percent organic that they have to control. And that's really organic. Has got an asterisk next to it. But like, you, uh, you, you uh, see what I'm saying? Like, there's there's there there's a benefit to being a a part of a bigger corporation that when you get into like so Taco Casa. I don't think they have them in Oklahoma at all. But Taco Casa is it's trying down here in Texas. The cool part about Taco Casa is if you go into any of their restaurants, they have like eight items on their menu. Eight. That's it. One of the sketchy items is a sloppy Joe that they have. It's like a chili burger. Don't trust it. I don't know why the fuck it's on the menu. But they like if you go in there and you get a soft taco, no lettuce, what they do is they replace the area that the lettuce would be with freshly hand-shredded cheese. And... I'm 100% for that. That's amazing drunk food 100% of the time. It's amazing. It really is. So, Brian. Yes. The Taco Casa, that's the one that looks like it, like. It looks like a two-year-old designed it. It's like a. Yeah, it just got done with Cinco de Mayo. It's like an orange bar, yellow bar, taco mm-hmm. on the top part, and then Casa on the bottom, and that's the whole fucking building. Well, I think that might be our candidate, our first candidate for the taco bar rescue oh, God. with the signature saying I don't think you can call it taco did you bar add doo doo okay <laughs> hey <laughs> when I was down in uh, DFW last weekend I saw a wanna burger w-a-n-n-a no burger. yeah question mark <laughs> yeah. Yeah. on the screen, <laughs> burger. question mark <laughs> there's a fucking question mark like you think on their checks and all their like legal documents that has the question mark? Of course it does. That's part yeah, of their branding, Parker. You keep it through and through. <laughs> no, Parker, was it orange? No, it was probably red and white. I it it looked like a old uh, used to be Taco Casa or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know exactly what part of town to... you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, what? Okay, that's just straight up rip off of Whataburger. It's like uh, uh, K hamburguesa. It's like got a question mark on both sides. <laughs> sure, <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was something else. It is interesting. And on that note, um, yeah, exactly. yeah uh, Fort Worth Zoo, Brian is legit, dude. It is way less uh, gorilla escapey, uh, way way less gorilla escapey than the Dallas Zoo, dude. Yeah, I heard that Dallas Zoo is kind of in a sketchy uh, area of town as well. It's being gentrified. We're, we're uh, not really that sketchy out. anymore, but it, it it's got some massive statues. Um, yes, it's it's. it's I, bet I don't know. Right. A lot more white people have moved in now. Okay. Yeah. Well, the giraffe, <laughs> the giraffe statue alone probably could have fed the whole zoo for ten decades. Well, yeah, the the one that he's talking about, ladies and gentlemen, is a giraffe statue that like reaches over I thirty five E south, yeah. which is in. In retrospect, not a good use of money when they could have put them on better bars. That's 100 years for those of you people out there buying WWF belts. Okay. 
Villain, whenever I research what zoos I'm going to, I always check the uh, population density of the Caucasians in the area. <laughs> right. Well, I can tell you right now, uh, you didn't that's do. All, you, that's just like gentrification. It's just code for that shit. Like, yeah. how many white people have you been recently? You didn't do and your. Is there a coffee shop? You didn't do your research <laughs> for the Fort Worth Zoo. Then it's it's uh it's uh, it's, it's a, it, like so it's Fort, like in a neighborhood. It is, but the Fort Worth Zoo is uh it's it's a badass. It's like a sleeper zoo in the south. At least, yeah. straight up, it's ranked in the top five. Don't zones. sleep on Fort Worth. Don't you, you, like, you here first? You're gonna come to DFW and be like, "I want to see Jerry World. I want to see the Cowboys play. Like, I want to see Reunion. I want to see the Dallas Skyline." Nah, hold on, nah, hold on bro. Zoom, hold on one second. What fool is coming to Dallas? Going to a tower? Let's be real here. I don't know the you Skyline. I was just okay. You're you're right. I was just I should have said Skyline. Ninety percent of people go to Dallas, see that, and go, "Hawaii, this is a plane." <laughs> like, how no. far can you not see here? No. You're going to be up, and it's still going to be flat. So, uh, okay, so you want to know sleeper? You want to sleeper sleeper trip in Dallas? Go to Reunion Tower, that stupid ball tower. So, yeah, the green one? No, yeah, yeah, the whatever whatever color it is sea at the time. World in Dallas. So up there, yeah, that's don't go there because that's a. Uh, <laughs> That is a strip club, and uh, you don't want to go to that. <laughs> no, get it, get it, C S E E. Oh, oh, no. Uh, so Reunion Tower here in Dallas, uh, they have a, you know, they have their rotating restaurant and all that nonsense up there. They also have a bar up there, and the bar offers drinks. You don't have to have a reservation Ooh. to go to the bar. Yeah, the yeah, drinks, yeah. the drinks are actually really well priced. Go up to the top, enjoy the view. <laughs> Get, have yourself a nine dollar, freaking Long Island iced tea, and then. Uh, go. But why would you pay nine dollars for an iced tea? That just is absurd. Oh, because it's seven dollars at the Wall in Stillwater. So I mean, what are you doing? That's for the view, enough. you know. Uh, Villem is flying like a, I don't know, a World War One plane at the camera right now. I don't know what the fuck is going on. Uh, we've been at this. Hey, listen, it's the original Wright Brothers replica. Well, Amazon. it looks like it's the wrong way to fly, and am I right, guys? <laughs> yeah. That's good. I hit it myself. Okay. okay. I got to tell you guys one thing real quick, okay? okay. It's a quick, it's a quick hitter. Um, All right. Okay, so my recently gave me some uh, old cookbooks, right? Okay. Which... We'll be going to Goodwill for sure. Um, and But in amongst – there was like a, a couple of decent ones. Um, in amongst the stack though was a uh, – I'll, I'll show you the picture here. Um, was a little like publication put out by Coldware, Coldwell Banker. Oh, okay. good. Good company. So Yeah. So you see this, this chick in her 1990 haircut and stuff? Mm-hmm. Amy. Okay. Yeah, notice that it's got a pager number. Yep. Um, My dad had one of those. It's good. <laughs> okay, so uh, that gives you a rough time frame. <laughs> this is 1992. Okay. And uh, if you guys remember, like, that was a thing. Like, places gave out cookbooks as, like, advertising, you know. Because um, I guess, you know, if you think about it, like, back then, like, you couldn't just get on the Internet and search for uh, you know, a recipe and get 700,000 results in 0.1 seconds. So, yeah, I get it. People so get these out. So instead, you got a like text message. Stuff. 
Instead, you received a text message six characters at a time and had to write it down and piece it together. So convenient. What, you were getting text messages in 1992? No. That's what a pager was. No, it's, it's okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. Call 911. Oh, shit, they really need me. I need to get to the nearest payphone and call them. <laughs> I also need to get changed for this five. I don't know. I can't believe the worthlessness of a pager back then. God damn it. So fucking lame. Well, like, I want to well, find man. an old one and just start wearing it on my hip. Uh, I agree. This okay, so anyways. Um, so this is awesome. Like, they clearly give this out, you know, to their prospective clients. Hey, buy this house. I'll throw in this free cookbook, you know. Um, and so in the, the title page is um, – our favorite recipes from family, friends, and celebrities. I'm like, oh, snap, you know, there's some celebrity recipes in here. Like, <laughs> how did they even get a hold of those? You know, they just clearly just made them okay. up. Steven Seagal made makes up, some noodles. <laughs> yeah, there was no cross-referencing back then. You know, people, you know, people were like, I didn't submit that fucking recipe for chili to the Cobo Baker recipe book. You know, I'm going to sue them. Okay, so I'm like, all right, I got to check out the celebrity recipes part. Okay. So the first one I flipped to, I don't know. Can you, can you see that? No, Frank keeps laughing. Yes. Bruce Jenner. Oh no. Bruce Jenner's appetizers and dips. Bruce Jenner's chips and salsa. What a fucking asshole. At the bottom it says, Bruce Jenner, 1972 Olympic decathlon gold medalist. <laughs> I'm like, okay, wow, yeah, Bruce, that's and that's the only that's the only celebrity recipe in here. By the way, <laughs> I kept like thinking I'd see some other C class celebrities, and no, ever no, James almost Bruce... doesn't have a enchilada recipe in there, or like uh, I don't know, fucking... Dude, I don't know, I, I just. Was died laughing i like i was about to put it in the recycling bin whenever i found this gym and i had a good laugh i had to share with you guys what i was a, thinking uh, you know maybe maybe we can get her to submit one nowadays and it'd be like caitlin jenner's clits and salsa what if it's what if it's nothing but like chopped wiener uh gumbo and oh God. no yeah, look okay. it's the same recipe just without the meat guys okay. <laughs> The meat, the meat is inside the pocket. That's what it's at. What, uh, what, what ingredients go into that salsa besides a fucking jar of salsa? Right. Bruce chips and salsa. One, one jar of paste picante and tortilla chips. Any will do. And some tortilla chips. Next ingredient is you dumbass. What did you think chips and salsa entailed? Also, I thrive to be a woman inside. It was a little-known fact. It was dropped right in that Caldwell Banker recipe book. <laughs> I don't know, dude. What the hell? All right. But, uh, here's to you, All right. recipe books. Thank there you. There goes, Bruce. Thank you so much, Bruce, Bruce Jenner, now Caitlyn Jenner, for giving us your uh, rare salsa and chips recipe. It's a family secret. Tis. Tis indeed. So, uh, for my outro tonight... I'd like to thank all of y'all for listening. Be sure to check us out on social media. Instagram, Twitter, at NoBeerLeftCast, Facebook.com, backslash NoBeerLeftBehind. Cut all that shit out and just go to NoBeerLeftBehind.com. 
find all of our links and all of our downloads. So, usually with that said, I would sign off, but uh, be sure to, you know, if you like listening to us, and I'm sure that you do because you've gotten to this point of the podcast, maybe make sure that you will be able to listen to us in perpetuity. Uh, and make sure that your senators and uh, House of Representative members know that uh, net neutrality might mean something to you. And uh, go visit. Visit the, the, the plethora of net neutrality uh, websites that are out there. Net neutrality, for those who don't know, uh, will help preserve the, uh, the quality of internet that you currently have uh, without overpaying for specific sites, specific information that you may be able to access. And uh, in general, just uh, your livelihood will be made better by continuing to keep net neutrality. Anyone who says that uh, regulations are a hindrance to growth in technology can go figgity-fuck themselves. Uh, It's really just a way to make sure that uh, companies play more on the level than they currently do. Or than they currently did. Or used to do. Whatever. Uh, it's it's important to me, and if you love me, make sure that you uh, <laughs> speak your voice. Uh, that you want to keep the net neutrality clauses that are currently available in place, and fuck the new FCC chairman. He's a real dipshit. Uh, he's on Verizon's dick, Brian in North Texas. I'm out. Uh, so, all uh, right, guys. Quick, uh, Brian, right here. <laughs> Villem cuts me off uh, at the outro. Um, I love you, Villem. It's been a while. We should reconnect and rekindle that flame that we used to have burning deep, deep inside ours. Um, it grinds my gears real quick. Uh, okay, the the one button on on the whole keyboard that just sucks a bunch of ass. The the one button that you've never heard somebody say, "Oh, thank God that button was depressed." Oh, thank goodness that the numlock was on. <laughs> numlock right in the mouth. Anytime <laughs> trying to do something in a hurry, and it fucks up your whole like credential entering, you know, your passwords with the numerical values. Yeah, it jumps you right back to the beginning when the cursor's like flashing and it's like, haha, fuck you, I just messed you up. Yeah. Numlock. <laughs> the most worthless button I, and I've never heard anybody use it, ever. Hey bro, why don't you never been that numlock? Yeah, it's, it's it's just do away with it. Let, I love let's do away lock. with pennies and numlock buttons on keyboards. Um, yeah, uh, for Parker and Tulsa, I'm out. Uh, for Villa and Tulsa, I'm also out. I don't have like a rant or anything, but if you can get your hands Speech. on it, rare dogfish head beer, you're it's delicious. Worldwide stout is what you're looking for. <laughs> Worldwide stout. Brian's laying down some fat beach right now. What you got, Frank? <laughs> Frank, uh, down in <clears throat> North North uh, Chihuahua, Mexico. Um, please be sure not to, uh, you know, get too heavily invested in Bitcoin. I'm out. Bye.